0: Hi, everybody. It's Jason. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about something happening this Saturday. I'm part of a live streamed fundraiser and celebration on October 9th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. My podcast, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour, is having our first live episode on Twitch to celebrate the 20th anniversary of our first viral video. And we're raising money for Dan's cat, Skeeter, who has FIP. FIP is normally a deadly disease, but they're keeping her alive with experimental drugs that are very expensive. So you can donate during and after the live stream. We figured why not try to raise some money with the one thing we know, which is comedy. The show starts out as a discussion of some sketch Dan and I did when we were kids and quickly turns into improv, conversation, and visits from other dimensions. You'll see what I mean when you check it out. Just visit twitch.tv forward slash dgomiller. That's twitch.tv forward slash d-g-o-m-i-l-l-e-r. This Saturday, October 9th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We hope to see you there. And in the meantime, if you want to donate, you can check out bit.ly forward slash save skeeter. That's bit.ly forward slash s-a-v-e-s-k-e-e-t-e-r. Now, on with the show. I'm Jason Klom, and this is Comedy on Vinyl. The years nineteen seventy nine and nineteen eighty one, the albums. Uh, Comedy is not pretty, and the Steve Martin brothers. The artist, of course, Steve Martin. My guest this week is Ned Hastings. Ned, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having
1: me. Three so,
0: eight. yeah, it's so nice <laughs> to have you back talking about like um, someone who is not made of felt, which is fine. Like I don't care. I like talking about puppets. <laughs> why? Okay, so why did we? Oh, we dug in because you you specifically said maybe let's do comedy is not pretty or yeah. then sort of propose the idea. Maybe we just talk about the two left. Cause we've never talked about the Steve Martin brothers because it always seemed like a weird choice
1: to do. It, one is. Of those it, it is. It's a weird little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I, uh, you know, he was my guy, mm-hmm. um, like everybody else. And, um, I had, well, I think my copy of Let's Get Small is actually technically my brother's that I stole from him. Of course. And I still have. (laughs) And then I had, uh, you know, um, um, I had uh, the first three. And I had Comedy's Not Pretty I Really Love. And then even when Seymour Brothers came out, I didn't buy it. I I remember looking at it in the store and it was by that time I was in high school and I kind of wasn't buying a lot of comedy. And I just, you know... Whatever, whatever money I had that would go toward an album, I probably was spending on Pizza Hut or a movie <laughs> or something like that. Because I think I was actually, I may have already been like starting to date by then. Sure, sure. Um, no, nah, not not quite. That's not true. But at any rate, uh, certainly more social and more out in the world. Because I was in high school by then. Yeah. Um, so I actually caught up with it. Not to jump ahead, but just to, I ended up catching up with it before the big napster th- blow up in the your early 2000 or, or late 90s when mm-hmm. you know napster finally decided that they needed you know they, they needed to clamp down there would be uh blog sites where people would upload albums that were out of particularly if they were out of print mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. would digitize them and upload them and i yeah. landed on one of these sites that just had tons and tons and tons of stuff and I saw Steve Martin brothers on there, and I was like, "Inside," and it was out of print at the time. And I was yeah. like, "I'm just going to download this and finally listen to it." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, actually, I had my first listening was not on vinyl, but it is of a vinyl recording. That's really funny. <laughs> so
0: it's a it's a weird uh, almost. Uh, it's not it's not uh, on its own. There are other records that are half comedy, half music. The, the right. other one that stands out to me is The Two Sides of the Smothers Brothers, which is just one half comedy one half, th- right. which is great. like great, it's equally great to listen to because I love listening to their music. I love listening to Steve Martin play music. The only other one I can think of, I have this. Oh, no, I think I gave this one away. Uh, I bought this record in Kalamazoo, Michigan, when I was visiting a few years ago by a ga- guy named Marv Welch, who turns out uh, worked on a kid's show up here at one of the local uh, shows. Cool. One half was the worst garbage... Not subtly, not that it should be subtle, but uh, racist and homophobic and shitty comedy on one side, and the other side is him, kind of a great singer, kind of not a bad singer. And I'm like, oh, Oh, you could have just given me two sides of that shit and not done your comedy, quote unquote. So those are the three. These are the three that I can think of. The weird thing is that also his banjo was recorded nine years before this record came, ten years before the record came out. That that's it's from a thing he recorded in 1971, which is the weirdest thing in the world
1: to me. Steve Martin Brothers.
0: Yes. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I didn't either until I looked it up today. According at least according oh, to Wikipedia, wow. the the comedy stuff where he's borderline giving up on comedy.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And and yes. like
0: he's like either he's given up or the character is given up or both. And then literally he's like, "No, the second half there's going to be no comedy. I'm just going to do what I want to do, which is
1: play play music." Well, it's I often I figure I don't know that anyone's ever said this, but I always figured the name, the Steve Martin brothers, is a direct sort of lift of the Smothers Brothers. Probably right. It's got to be. I mean, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. one of their writers, and you know, mm-hmm. um, they famously did a album that's half comedy and half music, and mm-hmm. um, it's got to be. I mean, why else would you come with the name the Steve Martin brothers? I mean, right. it's a ridiculous name. <laughs> um, and the the photos, uh, the front cover um the you know arguably the comedy side is him in a pink version of his famous white suit and oh, he yeah. just looks like the sleaziest lounge lizard who <laughs> ever lived yeah. like he's not even wearing the jacket it's just thrown over his shoulders uh-huh. you know and he's got like sunglasses and a cigarette it's hysterical and then the back cover is him in full like um outlaw country look got yeah, the beard great. and the and it's I'd have to look back at it but you know there's a famous photo of him now that floats around of when he was like 20 and he has still had dark hair and he had a beard and he was into and he kind of looks like a hippie mm-hmm. and and I I don't think it's that photo but I think it's almost like him saying Yeah, well this is what I used to look like I'm going to copy this look right. now for Steve Martin Brothers yeah 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 he's got like a big belt buckle and there's an American <laughs> flag behind him and you know five years before Bruce Springsteen did it so oh, good I mean, yeah.
0: I, I, that might be the best part of the record. It's a great photo. And also, Steve, that's a handsome look for you. You could have kept it. Like, I, I, I get it. And, you know, I, I respect him leaning into going gray. I, You know, that's... Yeah, he oh, did I, early. Exactly. I would have taken gray over bald. I'm just going to say I would have taken that a million times over going bald. But, um, yeah, I, it's a good yeah. look. The long yeah. hair and the beard, it's a good look. I wish I oh, would yeah. do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have the beard.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and the gray. <laughs> sure. Um uh yeah, and you know I noticed too, there's a break in Comedy's Not Pretty where he just plays a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just straight out. It's not like in you know, Let's Get Small where the music leads to a comedy bit and back and forth and right. you know it's it's just a flat out stops the show and does mm-hmm. plays the banjo. And so it kind of feels like a little hint. Mm-hmm. Of, of like, you know, this is kind of what I think I need to try to do for a little while.
0: <laughs> right. Even though like it's – it's his career is one that's hard to track and I, and I appreciate that because I'm sure there was a lot of this guy being that successful but also being afraid he was going <laughs> to be that guy forever. He didn't want to get pinned down. I totally right. appreciate that on a creative level. Yeah. Um, and I also think I appreciate him reflecting that in his comedy where, again – Either he's not trying yeah. hard anymore or the character's not trying hard. Don't know. Couldn't tell you which one it was.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of things happening actually in in comedies not pretty in particular mm-hmm. that I noticed. Um, and I and I, I kinda hearken back to his biography, his autobiography, where he talked about when he kinda knew the jig was up with that character was yeah. you know, because and um um it it, it feels like he his Comedically, he knew it before. Emotionally, he knew it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, because there's not only, um, there's there's a few bits that he does, and comedy is not pretty particular, that the setups are, he's already used them in other, yeah. other albums. Yeah. Uh, the famous one, though, like the first cut is where he talks about his real name being Gern Blanston.
0: Yes, right.
1: And there's a whole bit in in uh, Let's Get Small. Mm-hmm. Uh, where his real name is blah, 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 blah. Okay. You know, it's like this uh-huh. nonsense name. Uh-huh. And they're both great bits, yeah. but they're completely the same setup. And yep. he just takes them in a different direction. My cat just uh, chimed in. <laughs> I
0: couldn't tell if it was on your end or my end for a second. It was
1: my cat. Yeah, they're both walking on the table behind there. <laughs> I, can, I can see them. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and, and I, gosh, there's another one. Um, um, I remember oh, well.
0: He does this setup of, like, people ask me, how, Steve, how can you be so fucking funny? I know mm-hmm. that's also, he also
1: repeats mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and there's a... Actually, the title track comedy is not pretty... Kind of that setup is this sort of, like, I'm terrible at relationships, which mm-hmm. is, you know, in Let's Get Small leads to him... Cutting his girlfriend in half with a shotgun, <laughs> and it's amazing um, and this is a funny bit too because mm-hmm. of the whole it's a shorter bit, but it does feel like it's like you know okay let's let's go down this road a different way yeah um, and i don't I don't think it's necessarily laziness so much right, I think right. it's him th- there's a, a current comedian who I really love named Gary Goleman yeah. are you familiar with him at all mm-hmm He's got like five albums, and four of them are variants of the same bits. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's got one bit that pops up on three of his cl- albums, and but each one is slightly different. He goes off different roads, and he takes okay. different, different tangents. This isn't quite that. You know, he doesn't. Steve Martin doesn't go. It's not the same bit with variants. It's the same setup with a different a road that he didn't take before. Right. Which I think is kind of interesting. Um, hmm. It's it's hard to call it lazy because it leads to funny stuff. For sure. But it is a little bit like, mm, he might be getting a little sleepy. <laughs> uh, and the <laughs> other funny. thing I noticed with comedy is not pretty is um, there's a lot of stuff in there about fame. Yeah.
0: There's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of
1: stuff in there about, like... Being famous and what a drag it is, and, uh-huh. and, and and other people who are famous and and how they're not what you think they are, and even if even if it's taken to just bizarre places like the uh, the Jackie O, which the, you know,
2: the mm-hmm.
1: whole the whole bit about meeting Jackie Onassis in, in a laundromat in Tucson,
2: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. which is a bit that as a kid I was thinking. You know, because Steve Martin is one of those guys that will have a whole bit and, and, and there's subtext that, that you can pick up from it and realize, oh, he's talk- he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Sure. You know, he thinks he does, but we know, we can see from what he's saying that he's wrong. As a kid, I always kind of, kind of kept waiting for that to, to for that tip off that okay, this isn't really Jackie Onassis; he just thinks it is. Mm-hmm. But that never happens. And something is—is <laughs> is, is no. that the bit that he really is trying to convince us in some way that that was Jackie Onassis that <laughs> right. refused to use her 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 fork <laughs> at lunch <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and was flashing the waiter with you know. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that's the other thing is that he seemed to be getting kind of tired of being famous.
0: For sure. Which yeah. is weird, because I feel like he <coughs> start as soon as it's even possible, I mean, and I, you know what? It's so funny. I keep saying I'm tired of talking about Let's Get Small, but it's to the point where I've forgotten a lot of the bits, so I probably should revisit it. But... I feel like there are even bits on that record where he's already at least pretending to be more famous than he is. And obviously, once you get to and Crazy Guy, one half of the record, it's intentional.
1: One half of the record's a small club and the other half is a fucking stadium. A stadium. Which, um, uh, yeah. And and I think with Let's Get Small, that's his... Character, his character is the
2: mm-hmm.
1: the puffed up guy with nothing to back it up. Yeah, you know the yeah. the the the. You know, the and, and he's a little bit smarmy, and he's a little bit full of himself, and mm-hmm. he's not quite as big a star as he thinks he is. And that's yeah. the bit. Yeah. And if that's the bit, and then you're playing stadiums, yeah. the bit's over. Right. Right. <laughs> you can't pretend to be more famous than you are, um, because you're the most famous comedian on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I actually had a, a buddy. Uh, in I think I was in sixth grade mm-hmm. who went to Steve Martin and he, in concert, uh-huh. and and I can remember him telling me he's like, guess what I did last night? I was like, what? Mm-hmm. He said I saw Steve Martin in concert, and the term in concert to me was so foreign to the uh, the notion of comedy yeah. that I remember thinking, did he just play the banjo like, the whole
0: <laughs> right time?
1: And he's like, no, it's his comedy. I'm like. what and he had played the omni like which was the where the you know i saw paul mccartney there and and you know sting or you know the police and you know i mean yeah it was it was our major major music venue it's a stadium it was where the hawks used to play Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um yeah he filled it that's fucking crazy so this is like 1978
0: I would. I mean, this this is a this is a period that you obviously I'll, I'll never get to visit. But it, it, I just feel like that is something I would love to have seen. Although, mm. oh, God, what? I also can't imagine seeing him perform. Although maybe, maybe there were cameras. But I mean, if you if you only got him from a distance, what are you even seeing? Are you a there? A blob, right? Yeah, a white
1: blur. Yeah, I can't what imagine. A...
0: Yeah, Ah, You maybe can barely hear it, because still, there's a point, there's diminishing returns on that sound at some point, especially if everybody's scream laughing
1: around you. Mm -hmm.
0: So maybe it wouldn't have been, I don't know, that's weird.
1: It's funny, because he has a bit in um, Steve Martin Brothers about Mm -hmm. doing a joke for the people in the back seats. (gasps) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And as a setup, it's not dissimilar to the joke, the bit in, again, Let's Get Small, the the plumber joke, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is one of my absolute favorite things of all time Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and um you know the whole idea of like i've got here's this is just for these people um but he doesn't go that deep into it but he's got a joke about the people in the back seats and it's like basically it's like it involves him holding up a dime the smallest (laughs) coin he could find but on some level you kind of wonder okay did he come up with that joke while he was working at a stadium Uh uh-huh you know and of course now he's working in, in a small room i don't know where they recorded it but it's obviously like um, you know, the, the boarding house or, or one of those places where he recorded. I look it up. I saw it earlier.
0: Yeah, so Comedy is Not Pretty It uh, was recorded at the boarding house. Yeah, good call. Absolutely right. Okay. Um, and then Steve Martin Brothers is recorded someplace in Vegas. It, it is unlisted where in Vegas, but then the Hollywood oh, okay. one is at the comedy store. So the second bit, second comedy okay.
1: chunk is in the Hollywood's the comedy store. Okay, that makes sense. He makes a joke about playing Vegas. Just for the money, which is really funny, uh-huh,
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and then he says something like, "You know, you know, just to pay the rent for the next twenty-five years," <laughs> and, which is a funny joke on its yeah. own. But it also kind of harkens back to this thing that he does in, um, 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 oh god, I can't, uh, Wild and Crazy Guy, uh-huh. where he talk, where he's like going over his his taxes for the year and his expenditures (laughs) and his like, and then he starts playing with the idea of like how much he can charge per seat. Mm -hmm. And like, finally he gets to the idea where he's like charging like $500,000 a seat (laughs) (laughs) and then he gets to just do one more show and that's it. So he's making jokes even at that time about leaving, leaving comedy and it feels like a joke and it may be, it may have started out purely as a joke, but Mm -hmm. he keeps making that joke. Um, yeah, particularly in, again in you know, by Steve Martin brothers when he's making it, you're like, oh, he's saying goodbye.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's not going to do
1: this anymore. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and of also, course, he famously did not announce his retirement. He just stopped. Just
0: stopped. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Steve Martin brothers also is notable for him not writing all of his own material because Jack Handy, at the very least, was one of the co-writers on the Steve Martin brothers. I didn't realize that. I didn't either until today. I had to dig into it. There are a few bits with with that in mind you you can go back and listen to it and be like well that that could be a jack handy bit like some of mm. them are you know if something i don't know it feels but they also feel like they are perfectly like <laughs> you know they, they they meet at this perfect point uh
1: yeah it's funny because i never really thought about how much the jack handy style and the steve martin style are Similar, and yeah. I'm willing to believe that they, you know, I don't think anybody's copying anybody else. I think they just are two like minds that Very much, yeah. probably met on SNL, and you know, went, oh wow, you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you share my brain. Yeah, it's it's um,
0: really funny. Honestly, I there there are I will give this to the Steve Martin brothers because it's the one I listen to most because I'd already heard comedy is not pretty, so my revisit wasn't as note heavy, mm-hmm. but. God, there's just some weird, there's a moment where in the the Vegas show or something where he's saying that Eddie Fisher is in the audience and then Carl Reiner's in the audience. And, oh, look, they're mm-hmm. shaking hands. Oh, I was here for a great show business moment. It just does this whole bit. And I'm like, there's part of me it's like, there's half a chance that Carl Reiner's actually in the audience, but I'm guessing it's just an entire bit. Just him fucking pulling it out of his
1: asshole. It's funny though, because I, when he said Eddie Fisher, I'm like, okay, Eddie Fisher's not in <laughs> no, Steve yeah. Martin's show. <laughs> but the thing is, mm-hmm. he may have been. Yeah. If he's there with his daughter, who's yeah, one of fair. Steve's really good friends. That's a very good point. Um, and, you know, let's face it, they probably dated mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it sounds like she went out with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in any way, shape, or other than it sounds like she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, And there's something about the way he says, yeah, yeah, stand up. And people kind of clap that made me kind of think, no, they're really there. Right. And then I I just wonder if maybe they really are there. And -hmm. then they shake hands and then Steve just, that's just Steve riffing at that Mm -hmm. point. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, my brain vacillated the entire time. And I think it still is. I'm like, are they? Is the audience hip enough to play along that much if they weren't? Like, that's, I guess, my other question. Probably not. Right, that's that, and I think that's where I kind of buy into the idea that they really mm-hmm. were there. Did because I say Carl I can't Reiner? I meant the... Rob Reiner. I'm sorry. I just feel like I got to correct myself. I said no. Carl it is, is Carl. It is, it Carl. is Carl. Oh wait, because yeah. it's the because di- he said the director of. Okay, yeah. My
1: right. one movie. Yeah. My yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but again, it could have just as easily been Rob because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. they were also. Um, I heard Steve Martin in an interview one time say that, and I always knew he wrote on the Smothers Brothers, mm-hmm. and I've. Learned since I first heard that, that he, one of his, his writing partner was Bob Einstein. Oh, yeah. But I heard him in an interview say that his first writing partner on the show was Rob Reiner. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which is a really just crazy idea to me. Because, of course, Rob Reiner, I just, <clears throat> I've known forever because he was yeah. Meathead. <laughs> you know?
0: Did you, did you ever see that documentary Smothered about the Smothers Brothers? Maybe we've talked about this before. I don't
1: think I have, actually.
0: It's, it sucks that it's standard definition. No judging uh, of the people who do it, but, like, that's what it was at the time, and that's what they could afford to make. It's, I think, a really good documentary about the whole history of the Smothers Brothers being censored, but there's there's a right. bit. there's Back when the Aspen Comedy Festival still existed, they did a reunion show with all the big ones, including Steve Martin, and Steve Martin was like... Yeah, you know, I uh, they're going to can me from the show, but uh, Mason Williams paid me out of his pocket to keep me there. Like he paid out of his pocket to. So basically, Mason Williams is <laughs> responsible for us still having Steve Martin. So that's amazing. You know, thank you, Mason Williams. I should try and get Mason Williams on the podcast.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, so you know, and that actually dude. reminds me of um, your show of shows, mm-hmm. um, which I constantly put those two shows together in my mind. Not sure. simply because of the two mm-hmm. Reiners, but because. Your show of shows just had this writers' room that you know turned into a pantheon of comedic talent out in the real world, and same with the Smothers Brothers. And and I mean, it's just insane the people that were writers on that show that became famous. But um, the other that that what makes me think about that is um, Mel Brooks was actually not employed by the show; he was employed by Sid Caesar. That I did not know. The producer of the show hated Mel Brooks <laughs> and didn't want him on the show, but Sid yeah. wanted him. And so he Sid paid Mel him out of his own pocket to, wow. be, to be one of the writers on the show.
0: I will say of all the stories I've ever heard, and I love Mel Brooks, he is my hero and he is the absolute, you know, dream guest, top five oh, dream guest for this show. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that if <clears throat> I were in the room working with him, writing as a young man myself, if I were young and he was young, I'd hate him too. Because I know the oh, energy yeah. that, that it, it's just. There's no doubt. Yeah. Sid Caesar hung the guy out of a window.
1: He was so pissed with him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean... Because he was insane. complaining about it being hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those fucking stories of that show. Oh, my God.
1: And, and about Sid Caesar being freakishly strong. Oh, That's yeah. what I love about Yeah. yeah, yeah Apparently, I, it. Uh, I, I heard just... I was watching a Dick Cavett rerun, uh-huh. actually, and I think it was Carl Reiner was the guest, or maybe it was Mel who <clears> was the guest, talking about how uh, uh, Sid Caesar one time got so angry at a cab driver that he tried to pull him out the window of the, the cab, but not the main window, the little <laughs> small window that used to be built into cars car so you could smoke, <laughs> that little vent window in the front, he literally like reached through that and tried to pull the cab driver out Holy of the shit. car. Yeah.
0: Wow. And then to see Sid Caesar in <laughs> Greece and Greece too, as this just, <laughs> not shriveled, I don't want to say shriveled, but this very, like, humbled <laughs> yeah. humbled ex-alcoholic. like Past hum- whatever humbled. prime he had. Yeah. 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 yeah, this is small guy. Uh, if you guys want a good idea of what he was like, from what I get, watch My Favorite Year because Joseph Bologna plays the exactly, Exactly. Like, what you picture Sid Caesar was behind this. That's so good. Such a good movie. Yeah.
1: And I've heard, basically, Mel hired him
0: mm. um,
1: to write it, because Mel produced it, and, yep. and he, he intended for the Benji Stone character to be based on himself. And right. the, guy, the guy said to Mel, he's like, I'm going to base him on me, because <laughs> I'm nicer than you. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, that, that at no point does he come across as uh yeah oh yeah i'm 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 an idiot because uh yeah His it's norman steinberg St- it's norman steinberg and That's I've, what I was gonna say. I've, okay. I've interviewed the man on the podcast i just I didn't realize so. it was the same
1: i man. thought so yeah i thought you had
0: <laughs> what's great is i interviewed him and i didn't even bring up my favorite year which i happen to just adore and have oh, since i was a kid uh, Me now, too. I, now i got to get him back on to talk about my favorite year oh that'd be great it's such a good movie i interviewed uh the lady who plays oh god what's her character uh she plays the lady writer on that in the movie. And she also plays the prostitute. And DeSalvo. Yes, thank you. She also and plays the salvo. prostitute in Arthur. And uh mm-hmm. I mostly wanted to interview her about those two parts. And she yeah. ah, that was just a great interview. Such a I just interview. saw her on
1: Cheers recently. on a Cheers re- Oh, re- yeah, 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 yeah. She, she was she Eddie play... LeBec's secret wife. Thank you.
0: Right. Because they <laughs> wanted somebody who was Carla-ish, but not Carla.
1: Slightly taller than Carla. Uh
0: every I um Every time, like, yeah, she basically said she just, everything she got cast as was just like, you know, just like an Italian lady. She's like, mostly was just cast as the Italian lady you needed, mm-hmm. but she was perfect as a not Carla. Carla is so good. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> she's such a she's great actress.
1: She's great. She's hilarious in my favorite ear. Like with, I mean, she's <sighs> fantastic.
0: Lainey and I Kazan just love another dream guest. I just feel like I should point that out. I love Lainey Kazan with all my heart. She's one of the funniest people on the planet and I need her on the show as well. And hell of a singer good christ yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah 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 Sorry. that that in the early i don't know if your family experienced this cuz i'm older than you but in the early days of home video when you mm-hmm. when everybody first got their first VCRs or you know whatever playback machine they got mm-hmm. and you would have these sort of favorite movies and and that was one of the ones that my family you, you could just put on at any time and we mm-hmm. would all just eat it up that yeah my, my parents my brother my sister we all that one Mr. Mom mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Night Shift oh shit um, sure my parents wouldn't the... let
0: me watch that wait did they no they did they did it was <laughs> violence I couldn't watch boobs were okay
1: It's <laughs> funny my parents are actually um have always been pretty prudish Uh about anything sexual Uh and I, and I, and I had seen night shift in the theater and just thought it was hilarious. And then like brought it home for my, to to, like, I rented it, I guess, and watched it. And then, you know, in those days you'd rent the movie and, and you'd have it for 24 hours. And so like, you know, if somebody watched it that night, somebody else is going to watch it the next morning, you know, Oh, the movie's still here before we take it back. I'm going to watch it before we take it back. (laughs) And, and, um, uh, my parents watched it, and and my brother, my mom, dad says, "Oh, we watched Night Shift and thought it was so great." And my brother was just shocked. He's like, um, "Aren't there like boobs in that movie?" And and my mom's like, "Yeah, but it's all in good fun." I'm like, "Oh wow," because <laughs> it is like in the middle of a party. It's just sort of a general bacchanal, and, all and uh, um, yeah, with Kevin Costner, by the way. Oh wow. Uh-huh. He's one of the fret guys. In that's the movie. really funny. I spotted him in the credits one time and ran it back. And uh-huh. you can see him like a full, bot- full shot. He's on camera. In a, yeah, as a featured shot. Amazing. A young Kevin Costner rolling Michael Keaton on the gurney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we've wow. digressed a mm, um, little bit. Uh, sorry, that's all me. <laughs> all me. and Salvo. Well, again, yeah, and and my favorite year, and mm-hmm. and Sitzu and pack tracking, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I I I kind of do wonder if 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 they if they really were there, Carl right. and and Eddie, mm-hmm. Eddie Fisher. So random.
0: What are like? W- so what are your general feelings about these? Because they don't have, I'm sure, the same place in your heart as the other two. But like, what is like if actually. Comedy's not
1: pretty is pretty dear to my heart. Okay, good. And, All right. And, and and it in a way that the underdog kinda can be. Uh-huh. Um it, it was never gonna be a big album because it was on the heels of the biggest comedy album ever. Sure. Um, which was on the heels of the biggest comedy album ever. I mean, that was just such a one-two punch. Yeah. But you know how like you fall in love with a band and everybody like buys the first album and it's great. And then, like, but you're always like, yeah, but, you know, the second album is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that sophomore effort is really good. This always felt like that to me. This always had that sort of, like, you know, nobody's paying attention to how really funny this album is. Right. And it's it's only in light of my knowledge that it was his last full album and, and, and his autobiography of, like, saying that, it, you know, how it was all kind of fading in his mind as something, you know, that he was interested in doing. It, it's only that it takes on those vibes of okay yeah i can hear where he's getting a little tired mm-hmm. um it, to me it's a really solid funny record there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff in it that i that i have quoted over the years um i'm actually i've got it pulled up on my laptop so i can see the, the set list because there's mm-hmm. the google phonics thing is funny <laughs> about the stereo he's laughing Although, through that
0: and i can't tell if that's a bit i can't tell if him fucking up is a bit or not
1: for years, I just thought it was just screwing up and f- mm. and laughing at it. The last time I listened to it, or the last two times I listened to it, I thought, oh no, this feels a little stagey. Yeah, it does yeah? feel okay. like that's the bit, like the, the okay. like the the screwing up is the bit, and mm-hmm. and I mean I shouldn't say it. it, it it's not the bit in the way that Steve Martin bits our classic sort of like let's let's. Peep in through show the showbiz curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's mm-hmm. really just kind of trying to make it into something that it's maybe not. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. B- partly because the punchline of it, it has to. It relies so much on it being as long of a story as possible, so that mm-hmm. then he can just kill it with like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay for my car. Wouldn't want one in my house. Which is a line that we repeat all the time at my <laughs> office, and 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 um. <clears throat> uh what else is the other uh and you know um the other interesting thing not only does he take the break to play the song but he takes the break to read from the book oh yeah yeah from cruel shoes and um it's funny because i like hearing him read his book and the book is have you ever read that book
0: i have not i not all the way through i know i've read
1: the cruel shoes and one or two other things out of it yeah but. It's really it. funny. Yeah, it's really funny. Again, stole it from my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah, I actually used to read it out loud to my friends at lunch in high school.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. In character and mm-hmm. trying to do like trying to do my Steve Martin impression, sort of, and you know, how would he read it, you know, if he were reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, God, it's so obnoxious.
0: I love that. No, that's good. I mean, sure, so yeah, it's the nerdiest shit, but it's good. That's good.
1: I love that. It's I did not really, have the guts to do that oh yeah yeah well i don't, i'm not sure guts is the word <laughs> <laughs> i think gall it might be the better word um but it's 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 interesting um because it's it's sort of a commercial mm-hmm. um in the same way that king tut dropped in the middle of of wild and crazy guy feels sort of like a a commercial sure yeah yeah um, yeah you know mm-hmm. um but uh it's fun. I mean, it's a neat, it's a, it's a fun bit. Yeah. Um, the Jackie O thing is I think hilarious. <laughs> um, the hostages thing is hilarious mm-hmm. and really kind of weird. Yeah. Um, because at that moment, I mean, that's right around the time that we had however many hundred people oh, in yeah, Iran for two year for a yeah, year good call. or however long uh-huh. it was. <laughs> so I, the, the word hostage is kind of a loaded word. Hmm. um, and uh, so it's kind of just funny that he is able to just work with it and, mm-hmm. and still make it make it funny. It's just silly. It's a silly bit. And it's got the great list of his demands, <laughs> which is hysterical, <laughs> you, know? Mm. And, you know, and it's got that just classic Steve Martin, like the third thing is the joke. Mm-hmm. And then he chuckles to himself and then makes you think that he thinks that the second thing is the joke <laughs> Getaway car like how stupid is that so you know there's lots of real gold in there mm-hmm. um you know it's just you know it's not the one that everybody thinks of first but it really is funny um i've got actually i have two copies of it you do on vinyl yeah, a friend, of my, a friend of mine found it at, like, a garage sale, and, you know, I loved it, and so he bought it for me, and I'm like, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Did
0: they both have the poster in it? That's the question. Oh. Um, what was the poster? The poster, uh, let me pull it up. I, if it I'm not mistaken, f- it's with him, him with the fish. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Like, the, yeah. hmm Was it a poster, or was it, a, like, a photo?
0: My, uh, I, The one I had came with a fold-out poster, and I don't know if it's an original okay.
1: release. Because uh, my, I mean, my copy did. I don't think the one that the guy got me at the garage sale does. But sure. I did definitely had that poster.
0: So much harder to find them uh, with the shit in it.
1: Yeah. Uh, getting back to yes, Steve Martin brothers. Because I'm a weirdo completist, I mm-hmm. actually did buy a copy on eBay not long ago. You did. Um, that has all the stuff. Okay, I yeah. love it. Yeah. What, it has the wait, what's and, oh, Okay, so there's a poster in there too. It had a poster and I can't remember what else is in there. It seems like there's one other little thing that's in the package. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's a fold out and, and the whole thing. Um Yeah. They're they're by they're gettable on on eBay and I just was kind of like I, I need to have a copy of this. Just so I've got yeah. all four of them. Yeah, but I kind of
0: feel it. the same way. I'm surprised I don't. I'm surprised I don't have it.
1: Yeah. There's you know? a few, there's a few albums, vinyls that I've, and I'm not like a vinyl collector. Right. I do have a turntable, um, and I've just held on to all my vinyl from forever, mm-hmm. from years ago. And um, there's a few vinyls that I used to always kind of look at at the store and never bought, mm-hmm. and I've gone back now and just, just, just so I can say I have it, just so <laughs> I can, you know. There's only a couple, but that's one of them. I was Were these like,
0: things you hadn't listened to and, and, and never bought, or things you had listened to in other formats and but wanted
1: on vinyl? In most cases, things I would like, yeah, no, almost always something I've got like okay. on CD, you know, yeah, that yeah. I bought on CD ten years after it came out. and I just you know just always regretted not having gotten on vinyl, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh-huh. It's I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo <laughs> when it comes to physical media. I'm, a, I'm Bizarro.
0: Well, um, at least you don't, you know, mindlessly buy 700 comedy records and then realize you have to haul them halfway across the country and don't know why you ever started collecting in the
1: first place.
0: Um, other than this fucking podcast.
1: I think you could take out the word comedy records and mm-hmm. put in mm-hmm. DVDs or Blu-rays. Sure. We'd be we'd be on the same track. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, uh, I'm glad that I I
0: boxed all of mine before we left and put them in a couple giant Folder things, otherwise, yeah, it would have been ten times the boxes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot
1: of stuff. I, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem because you used to have them like all over your walls and stuff, right?
0: The, yeah, that's the other thing too. Is with this new office here in the Detroit area, uh, I don't really have room for it. Ness- mm-hmm. Room for them, especially the walls are as high. But there's a you, what you cannot see is that there's a bevel here because. Uh, this is a weird, like, jutty-out oh. part of the house, so you can't really put records as high as I did in the last place. So <laughs> it's not going to work, which is okay. I think I'm just going to put them facing where my records are in my shelves. I'll have, like, a nice little display, a single record, signed by this person, signed by that person, whatever, you know. They'll you could always
1: divest it. yourself of four or five of your copies of First Family.
0: Ah, uh, You know, my wife would love that. <laughs> I have these nice leather cases, Ned, these nice leather cases that are filled with records, um, two of them, and one of them is almost all First Family copies. How Um, many copies do you have? Twenty-some. Twenty-some. I'm going to get rid of them. I have to. I wanted to do, I did want to do an art piece with them, to be fair. I had an art piece idea. Okay. But I did. I feel like I did at one point promise my wife I'll do that art piece, or I'll throw them out, and neither of those has happened yet. I want. I I did do another art piece with a bunch of my uh, leftover uh, comedy uh, Cosby albums, um, which I don't know what where it will ever be appropriate to show that art piece. But um, <laughs> the first family one, I do want to finish. I have an idea. I know what it it's what it will be.
1: It just might take a while to get it finished. Is that why you have so many, because of your idea? Or does each one have a little bit of a special meaning? Or? At
0: first, I was buying them uh, uh, just out of instinct. I was like, this is only 50 cents. I'll buy it. Uh, and right. I did, wa- I did, to be fair, I wanted to get a sealed copy. And I still don't think I have a sealed copy. I like to have uh, a sealed copy of it. And then there are a couple different variations on print. And then one has this blue border around it because it's a re-release. There's just a couple things like that. But that's right. at most four separate records. I do not need 20. There's like four or five variations I could keep if I was that obsessed. <laughs> and then a sealed copy of the original would be nice. But then they're all just, just sitting in there, just waiting to be. <laughs> and the art piece idea I have, not that creative or intelligent. I just thought it would be fun to make. I just It needs to get done to get it out of my system.
1: Now, it was First Family, that was a huge, I mean,
0: everyone had a copy, right? It was the biggest selling, not comedy record, record of all time uh, by the, a couple months into it existing it sold seven and a half million copies and amazing and yeah everybody had it and especially when i being out in burbank when i was like everybody out there seemed to have a copy every record store had a few copies and leftovers every estate sale i went to if they had comedy records that was in there oh yeah unavoidable Um, it
1: seems to me like people had that record even if they weren't kennedy fans
0: i think so I think so. I I think it's. Because they thought
1: it made fun of
0: him. That's what I'm thinking. It served a dual purpose because, uh, you know, Bob Booker has talked about it being kind of like a gentle poking fun of, but I'll bet if you hated Kennedy, you're like, oh, we're really taking Kennedy down. I feel like it just crossed the board that way. Like Mm -hmm. it was absolutely like a litmus test as to why you bought it. That was Mm -hmm. a litmus test. It's a weird uh,
1: weird artifact. Yeah, I've I've got a copy. I got my parents' old copy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's still still a fun fun record. It, it, it's been a long time since I've listened to it, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, there's a couple you know.
0: really good bits on it, honestly. Like that still hold up. Poor Von Meter. What are you gonna do? Though?
1: <laughs> you've uh, talked. I know you. You talked about the uh, um, the Lenny Bruce yes. story.
0: Uh huh. You know, I didn't. I should have. I was tempted to ask his widow about that, but I'm like, ah, that seems a little. That seems a little un- uncouth to ask her about, and she wasn't there for that anyway. Like she doesn't know for sure if that happened, so.
1: I do love that story.
0: It's just funny. It's just inherently it funny.
1: It's because it's so tasteless. Uh-huh, and it's it's uh-huh. so like, even if it's not, it, again, it's like half the people have already thought of it and they're mm-hmm. so relieved that somebody said it out loud. And the other half are like, oh my God, I never thought about that. But yes, you're right. Yeah. He's, he's fucked. <laughs> Which I've also never really quite heard exactly what he said. I know. I've heard heard different things. I've heard
0: three or four different variations on it, Um, some tamer than the rest. But I I choose to believe it's Von
1: Meter's Fucked, but that's because it sounds the best, you know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. And it was like that weekend, right? It was that night.
0: That's how I've always heard it told, is it got up on stage that night. I don't, again, could be totally (sighs) apocryphal because there's no record of it. But damn, if he did... (laughs) part of me admires it and part of me is like you piece of shit It's another part of me that's like you bastard why why
1: that's wait like a Gil- day that's like Gilbert Gottfried's Fukushima joke oh
0: god he, or his boy. 9-11 joke that he told on oh, yeah.
1: like 9-12 uh huh
0: <laughs> oh my Christ in a, Now I will say He did that in a room full of comedians Who were going to be telling terrible shit anyway So th- that is one where I'm like I am surprised there was that much booing I am honestly surprised because they seem like they were all These sort of like you know Edgy comedians and I was sh- I was shocked I was genuinely shocked I, I If I were Gilbert Gottfried I would have thought I'd read the room I wouldn't make that joke if I were me But I'm just saying I know he would I wouldn't have thought of that joke No 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 <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Holy fuck.
1: I heard a quote of his one time. He said something like, people are always saying, you know, it's too soon, it's too soon. And I always think, why wait? (laughs) (laughs) My God.
0: (laughs) I wonder if I could handle interviewing him. I'm guessing no. I don't think I could. I don't, I don't know. I I know he's a different guy in his interviews, but I don't know. I don't know if I could handle it. I've heard him on a podcast and he was really... You know, he's on. I think he was
1: on Alan Alda's podcast.
0: Oh, I forgot Alan Alda. That's very weird.
1: I think he was on. Well, Alda was on Gilbert's podcast. Okay. And he's great. Sure. And I think he had Gilbert on to his. Uh, or no, I'm wrong. He had Frank Sinatra. He had Gilbert's. Oh, okay. Frank okay. Um, but I, I have heard Gilbert on podcasts and he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was
0: great. I want to interview Alan Alda. That's just a side note. I'd interview Alan Alda all day.
1: That'd be great. He's a really, he's a really interesting guy.
0: Yeah, he's, he's really start smart. Him. He's one of like I think the only guy no that's a lie that's a lie. Him and Dick Van Dyke are the only two people alive I think who got their start on the Phil Silver show. If I'm I could, there could be one or two other guys who are, but they both got their start doing bit parts on that show and I'm fascinated with that era of entertainment. Really? I didn't know yeah.
2: they did. I didn't know they
0: did. Both of them uh, George Kennedy was a like an extra or like did a, did one line on that show and I think got his he was still in the military, got his sag card and then 5 6 years later has an Oscar. <laughs>
1: I've seen George Kennedy on an episode of Andy Griffith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because and of am Bilko, I'm thinking, he got. And his- I'm thinking, man, how soon, <laughs> how far away was this from Cool Hand Luke? It couldn't yeah. be more than a couple of years. No, by right. Andy Griffith, you're talking like 63, 64. Yeah. Um, I've also seen Lee Van Cleef on an episode of Andy Griffith. That's really funny. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> yeah we uh,
0: I'm doing a side podcast soon about um, George Goober Lindsay and uh, so I've got a
1: lot of Andy Griffith on the brain a buddy and I have a running list of of actors and actresses who are known by their full name with their character name in print you know, so and weird. George George goober Lindsay leads that pack mm-hmm <laughs> um. Trying to who else we've got. Anytime one of them comes up with, I'll just get a text every now and then. It'll uh-huh. be somebody's name with the with the you know uh, Fred rerun Barry. Oh That's sure. Another. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people also from like Haw just went by their character names, which was one of the weirdest things in the world. I felt like not like Minnie Pearl had a different character name, right? But still, oh god, what? Who was the one? Oh shit trying to remember i know there are a couple from hee haw who just straight up like you only well, grandpa jones i, I assume yeah.
1: wasn't his name yeah junior samples
0: junior samples is that that can't be the man's real name that's the one i think i don't I think, think
1: anyone's real name is junior although uh-huh. they're, they're probably you know his name is probably you know mil milburn sanford junior and so yeah i don't uh-huh. know if he was a junior or not yeah that's funny yeah everybody's kind of archie What's his name archie god what was that guy's name uh oh, darn it. I can't think of it. Archie Campbell? Uh-huh. He was on the. He was one of the guys on the show. I'm going to admit I actually kind of used to like that show. I'm
0: sure. Good. Well, the thing is I know I watched it
1: too. So there's no doubt that I enjoyed it. I would tune out the <clears throat> Excuse me. I would tune out the music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which now is sort of strange because Uh-huh. Now I think Buck Owens and Roy Clark are great. Sure. But I didn't care about the music at the time. I just wanted per the percent. comedy. Just hit me with the comedy even yeah. if it's terrible and lame and Mhm. It was a show that was terrible and lame and but knew it. I, mean, I don't think that I don't think they were pretending like that comedy was breaking any ground. I don't think so either it, it was it, it had a very vaudeville vibe,
0: yeah, it was the last vestige of like pure vaudeville outside yeah. of maybe a couple sitcoms that I feel like kept that alive for a bit,
1: yeah, like- well, it wasn't it. it was created, I heard as the country laughing yeah yeah as a, as, a so. as they wanted that vibe they want mm-hmm. you know Laffin is very vaudevillian in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it's just he all hung on for 20 more years right i mean i was still it was still on in the 70s mm-hmm. you know I and i
0: think they stretched it they stretched it out <coughs> later on to and like they did they did a newer version of it if i'm not mistaken slightly Probably. after like it's one of those things that I expect to see a reboot
1: of any day now, honestly. I'm sure it showed up on the Nashville Network or one of those reboot A reboot of EL. It will
0: happen. It will mark my fucking words, it'll happen. With that
1: with that guy with the puppets, what's his name? Jeff Dunham. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh Christ, you're right. That would have to happen, wouldn't it? It's yep. kind of a miracle actually with the, the, the comedy the the um the Jeff Foxworthy group. Uh huh. That that didn't spawn. A, a rerun, a, a, a hee-haw reboot.
0: I know, I know. Although what would be really funny is somebody who is like, somebody like Ron White, who is like uh, more, pre- he's definitely from the South, but he is not playing the same game those other guys are. Where he's, right. he's, he's He's a bit more on the liberal side, and it's really funny to see him Talking to the same crowd and saying some real fucking crazy shit to them. Yeah. I just I, yeah. I, 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 I like Ron White. I think he. I, I imagine I'd like most of his comedy. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, he feels like the weird odd man out in that group. He just yeah. sounds perfect. He sounds perfect. He's you know got that great accent and sits up there smoking a cigar and drinking whiskey or whatever. I'm just doing Sam Elliott on accident. But He's you know, just, that just, was very
1: Sam Elliott. He yeah, has yeah. a certain there. He does kind of hit a certain type of southern guy
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that the other ones don't mm-hmm. touch on yeah um, and of course larry the cable guy I don't, I don't think is a southerner at all i don't i at I don't least he wasn't when he
0: started out at least his comedy in his comedy he wasn't for sure yeah
1: dan what's his real name yeah i can't fucking remember it. yeah yeah and i mean that's just a character that he mm-hmm. came up with that he decided to just take on the road
0: yeah it's easier to be homophobic if he does that guy. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming. He just, I get to say the truth when I talk like this. Okay. Well, that's weird. That's not how you talk, bud. Just, just that's real strange. Uh, where the hell? I'm sorry. I feel like this is my fault that we got off the rails, Ned. This is the problem. Like, there's so much of us to be able to talk about.
1: I you think know. fault is a is a heavy word that you don't mm. need to use. Man. Okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh, the other thing um, that I was going to mention about sort of rehashes and uh-huh. shows is the the last bit of on um, Steve Martin brothers is he's kind of he's rehashing that French lover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of his <laughs> That you know. Uh huh. Um, it, it's not quite a fest drunk brother, but it's because mm-hmm. uh, he sounds like he's doing like a French thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But It's that that classic sort of like. I can do more with this guy. Mm-hmm. That's the same joke in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. still funny for sure. I think
0: yeah, you know? he's just playing a creep. He, he does. It's <laughs> just weird that he just goes into the. That's not a thing. That is also very kind of weirdly vaudeville to just stand up there and like I'm just going to do a character now. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a thing comics do anymore. So I guess that's why it stands out. But it is mm-hmm. weird. Just like hey, here's my here's my guy. I'm going to do
1: mm-hmm. is. Is
0: He also does this preacher who, maybe this is based on a... a oh, I'm something. sorry, that's the
1: last bit. Is oh, the, okay. The, 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 yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. It's the preacher that's the last bit.
0: But the preacher sorry, is, like, eventually, Harry Shearer's Reverend Lovejoy sounds exactly like this guy, so is he right. doing this character, or, is, or it, was there another famous... Do you think they're both drawing from the same well? They're both drawn for the same. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. Uh, um, it, it, there's another, that, that gospel guy character of his, uh-huh. he does in one of the other records. Hmm. Uh-huh. Um. And um, it, to me, it always felt like he was tapping into the Jim Baker 700 club. Uh, who's the other asshole that ended <laughs> up being a rapist. Uh, that was like, Oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. You know, one of the televangelists. That Billy Graham? Being is that a the huge creep creep? Creep. No, mm-hmm. he actually, Billy Graham actually managed to not, Okay. you know, his child is a travesty. But okay. um, <laughs> uh, no, one of these guys that was like, ended up being convicted of crimes. Okay, okay. Um, I think Jim Baker was stealing from everybody. This guy was like, you know, basically sleeping with prostitutes every five minutes.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, that one.
0: I almost lost um, the name.
1: You know, and, and those guys were all over TV, mm-hmm. you know, in the 70s and, and into the 80s. They were all over the place. There, mm-hmm. was, there was one station in Atlanta that showed syndicated reruns all day. That's where I used to watch the Dick Van Dyke show. And mm-hmm. and, 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 um, and then at 6 o'clock at night, man, they just switched gears, and it was nothing but insane TV from, the, you wow. know, the, yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was a Christian brought, it was a Christian station that, sure. that they just were like, we're going to get them while they're at home and then just, you know, show Dick Van Dyke in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Ed.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> wow. <sighs> You'd think at some points if I would be like, I don't think a talking horse is in line with our... <laughs> Worldview. <laughs> that is um, Satan's horse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think that's who Steve Martin is is doing, and I that's think obviously Love Lovejoy is based on, a, on a, I mean, he, he, you know, he's got to be that, at least the voice he's got to be stealing from,
0: mm-hmm.
1: from that. Yeah, from those types of guys. Right. Because they always seem to be southern, don't they? <laughs> that's so unfair, but it's true. I mean. <laughs> there's religious fanatics all over this country but sure those guys on tv always end up <laughs> sounding like they just finished bailing hay
0: uh-huh is oh, it man. my blue heaven where he where he plays the preacher like where he's pl- or am i no, confusing um, the two what's the fuck i always confuse the two yeah
1: i know uh good lord yeah I can't believe I just went blank. Yep,
0: I know. Well, it's because I said the wrong one. That's why he, he plays the
1: tent, the tent evangelist. Yeah, yeah. Um Was that leap one of also? Faith? Is it leap, leap of, of faith? faith? There we yeah. go. Which is actually I've never seen, and it. it's supposed to be really good.
0: And it's the the weird. It's that weird moment where it is also based off. Of, it's based off the same material that Goodfellas is, but it is. It's it's. That's my blue heaven. That's Blue he- My Blue Heaven. Oh, okay, My Blue right. Heaven is good because... What the fuck is My Blue Heaven about then? Why am I confusing the two? Where I My Blue I was-
1: Heaven is, is about a guy who's in Witness Relocation That's who decides Christ that he's Christ. bored. And, and, you know, and that is what happened with Henry Hill from yeah. The Goodfellas. He did get bored in Witness Relocation and he did start dabbling in some criminal activity. Okay. And, of course, the funny thing about that is, the interesting thing to me about that is, mm-hmm. Nora Ephron, who wrote My Blue Heaven, was mm-hmm. married to yeah leggy who wrote goodfellas That's so, weird. so it's like this like she knew that this was going on and thought well this is funny uh-huh and and made a movie out of that <laughs> um uh so it's like this weird two sides of the same coin idea so, so leap of faith though there's something about that that i heard recently that that actually is kind of interesting mm-hmm. um, and i can't remember who wrote that it seems like somebody kind of
0: well, uh, a name that faith. I don't recognize. Janice Cersone. Circoni. Mm. Don't know. The, okay. Don't know.
1: I just heard something about that movie recently, and I, it was one that I kind of ignored when it came out. Sure. Because there was a few Steve Martin movies there that I just sort of... Yeah. Ignored. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, i trying to remember the last one I did see now that I think about it. <laughs> it was... There was... There were no Panthers or the color pink involved. I know that.
0: (laughs) 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 Oof. Yeah. Why? That's the question I I always ask. Not that I think Peter Sellers is perfect or that those movies are perfect, but it just seemed like a weird thing to remake, period.
1: Those movies are not perfect, but they're hilarious in their way, and Mm -hmm. they are what they are. You just don't... That's just... (laughs) It's just he owned that character. He was that character. You don't just redo that character... To yeah. me and and yeah. make it make sense it's that i thought that was it's yeah and the fact that there's two of them is absolutely <gasps> the more bizarre to me <laughs> i know
0: and also the fact that kevin klein is in them and he's not the one playing clouseau i
1: feel like he's the better choice to play clouseau no, if i right, were to pick actually. out of the two he would be a funny clouseau you know he would be a very funny clouseau
0: and you know it's yeah. uh, you know if have you it, ever seen the movie
1: inspector clouseau with alan arkin
0: i have not Because I feel like that's also like rough. Is it at the same time as the other ones, or just in the middle? It's in
1: between. There's a big gap. Of course, they did the the first movie, which Mm -hmm. Clouseau is not even the main character of the movie. He's just the character that stood out. Right. So then they took A Shot in the Dark, which was a play that had nothing to do with Clouseau, Mm -hmm. and put him in it and made a movie (laughs) out of it. Okay. And then, as far as Peter Sellers is concerned, there's like a 10-year gap between... Oh, wow. A Shot in the Dark and Return of the Pink Panther. That's really funny. And uh, Inspector Cluzo drops in there somewhere. I think it came out like 68, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was somebody's first attempt to, 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 to you know, rekindle. Yeah. Um, and, and in a way, it's sort of like, it seems weird now, but it's not as weird as Steve Martin because sure. there'd only been two movies and he wasn't that, it wasn't a huge thing. You know? Right, right. Um, and yeah, so Return of the Pink Panther, I remember when that, that came out, that was a big deal mm-hmm. because it was just this character that had been dormant for mm-hmm. a long time. And, um, and of course it's hilarious.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> that was a big deal. Those used to come on like the Saturday, the Sunday night movie on ABC like uh-huh. in the same slot where you would see a James Bond movie. They would have a Pink Panther movies every now and then. And that was always a big deal. It's like, Ooh, Ooh, ooh <laughs> Pink, 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 Pink Panther movies coming out.
0: How was Arkin's take on the character then? This um,
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think I've seen the whole movie all the way through. I've yeah. only seen parts of it. I mean, you know, he's doing a decent impression of of Clouseau, mm-hmm. but, you know, and again, it's a character that wasn't sort of fully formed in a lot of ways in, sure. the, in the way it became, Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know? Clouseau as a character and it's canon it's like a mishmash fucked up James Bond like it's just these people just don't quite have it there's no one family to tell you how to make it right I feel like that's the problem they don't have the broccolis to hold the
1: reins to make (laughs) you do it just right (laughs) <laughs> and it's not like they've hit it out of the park every time. No, 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 but, no. Um, but yeah, you're right there. It's like it, it that, again. That is the other weird thing about the Steve Martin movies is it's not just that you don't have Peter Sellers. You also don't have Blake Edwards. Sure. Yeah. There's just no it has no relationship to the to the for to the other movies, which have those ingredients. You know, yeah. um, it just feels strange that they even exist. Well, since
0: we are talking about Latter day Steve Martin, though, what's your favorite Steve Martin
1: movie? Um, it's hard not to love, obviously, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Sure. Um, you know, honestly, I stumbled on Three Amigos not long ago, and I'm sorry, that movie makes me laugh. It's That's great. That's a really funny, funny, funny movie. It's a great movie. It really, it really is. Um, and, of course, like, you know, um, it's got the Martin short thing, you know, too, which, you know, I had no idea that they were such good friends. But I've seen their show. I saw their show live. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How was that? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely great. So funny. So funny. Yeah. And, and they each get their own moment like the one of them will go off for a little while and 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 martin short does like a really great he, i think he brought it seems like he brought out like the pianist and did kind of a musical comedy thing of his own and then steve came out with this with the i just call him steve mm-hmm. uh came out with the steep canyon rangers and did several songs and um it, it's great it's a great great night i went with dave willis who uh i work mm-hmm. for and wrote uh writes co-writes aqua hunger Force and co-writes squid billies and some mm-hmm. other things and he's a Steve Martin fan, um, and uh, yeah, we went with our wives and everybody. You know, everybody had a good time. It's so a good night. Like fun. It's really fun. It's a great show. Um, so yeah, those uh, those are the first two that pop into my head. What, is, mm-hmm. what else is, What else is out there? Well, I mean, the jerk, obviously. Sure. Uh, Man with two brains is ridiculous and uh-huh. great.
0: That movie gave me nightmares as a child. I can never rewatch it. I have not, re-se- I have not seen that movie Murph since Griffin. I was five. <laughs> because of Merv Griffin. No, there's this weird... <laughs> Merv Griffin. There's this weird surreal... It would be really funny if I was remembering the wrong movie and just thought it was The Man with Two Brains, but there's this weird <laughs> moment where he walks into a room... No, you're thinking of Leap of Faith. It would be, yeah, kidding. right, at this point. I mean, it might as well be. Uh, where he walks into a room and a bunch of fucking pictures are moving on the wall or some crazy shit some weird and it gave me nightmares and I might be imagining it I might have made it up and that's not actually in the movie I There's don't a chance. remember that see here's I the problem what if I rewatch that. it and I like it uh, who knows maybe I'll have to revisit it god but it's what if really it also funny. scares me what if it, it shouldn't be? There's nothing scary about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember anything. Like that. Yeah. See, <laughs> what's the one where he's sharing a brain with Lily Tomlin, or
1: he, she's sharing All of a me. body? All of me. All of me, and it's great. <sighs> see, that. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I laughed yeah. really, 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 really hard when I yeah. saw it in the theater. Yeah. And I, that's another Carl Ritter.
0: I wonder if I've seen that one. See, I don't know now. I'm now wondering because there's, there, there's that period because, again, I think I was afraid of Steve Martin <laughs> movies as a child. It's been I a long time
1: since I've seen All of Me, but I, I can still wholeheartedly recommend it. And and everyone who heeds my words and watches it and hates it will just say that guy's an idiot, and they'll be correct because <laughs> I'm an idiot. But I loved it. I really think that's a fun – I thought that was a really, really, really funny movie. Um, And that's another Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner, they, they made like five movies with Carl Reiner. Yeah. 'Cause Dead Men yeah. Don't Wear Plaid is Carl Reiner, and mm-hmm. Man with Two Brains is Carl Reiner, and um so what, that's four. Yeah. Counting the jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the jerk, by the way, speaking of which co written by a guy named Carl Gottlieb,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who was again one of the Smothers Brothers guys. Right, right, right. And then they worked out and he also wrote Jaws. Oh yeah, that's fucking weird. And he's in Jaws uh, in like one one or two shots. That's so it's yeah, really strange. I don't know how he got that job. Like, who <laughs> whose idea was that? Big, he, hey, he did a great job. It's great. <laughs> you know, it's a great movie. So yeah, it's another one of those like you know Smothers Brothers guys that went out and continued to conquer. That's crazy. Do, do yeah. you
0: ha- do you have thoughts on um, uh, the banjo playing on side two of the this- <laughs> C Martin Brothers?
1: I love. I mean, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not equipped to comment on on music other than I like it. Yep, same. Um, you know, it's it's, you know, I think it's great. I mean, I, you know, I, I it's impressive. I think he's a really impressive musician. Mhm. Um, and I've got a couple of his Deep Canyon Rangers CDs. Mhm. You know, his I don't have the one any of the ones with Eddie Brickell cuz edie burkell makes my teeth itch but um (laughs) uh, sorry paul simon but your (laughs) wife makes my teeth itch um uh but no i I, yeah i actually honestly i i have listened to it but i did not listen to it in preparation for this because i assumed we would be just talking about the comedy and i could just say what i just said which is Uh yeah it's good Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you didn't i was not expecting you to have a
1: A breakdown of any kind about the... uh, Wouldn't it be horrible if I did?
0: Uh, I mean, it would also be so appropriate for these two records. Oh, God, this guy's not going to talk about music now, too, (laughs) is he?
1: The time signatures on the the second one, um, you know, they were just He really does some amazing things with... (laughs) He is the Dave Brubeck of the banjo. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're all, I think they're, uh, so I'm looking at them now, like Sally Gooden, I think, is in John Henry. I mean, those are mm-hmm. all kind of well known bluegrass mm-hmm. songs. There's a lot of them. Yeah. It's like six or eight cuts, right?
0: Yeah. Uh oh, 10. Yeah.
1: All told. Oh, you're,
0: yeah. Oh, you're right. I didn't realize until I just pulled it up, but yeah. So they're, they're all short mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah they're mostly like one or two minutes There's a couple that are a little bit over three and, uh, that's all we can literally say about this, uh, is that the time, it
1: makes me wonder why, I mean, it does, it does make me wonder what his thought was like, mm-hmm. is was his thought, you know what? I, I don't have enough material for a whole record and I've got right. is the co- contractual obligation album, uh, you know, uh-huh. so I'll fill it with music. Or is it really him saying, you know what? I want to express myself and this is how I can do it. Um, yeah, I, I wonder, I've never heard, right
0: because yeah. the other option is, um, the, the, you know, if it's meta, the joke is I don't have enough material for an entire album right now. Like if, if that's what he was doing and I'll never do another
1: comedy album again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> that, that evangelical guy was my swan song. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, for for well, for that matter, what about The Smothers Brothers? Did, have you ever heard why they did a record of like half music? I don't Cause, know. Cuz they wanted to.
0: I yeah, right? Like I'm not sure. Cuz they were great and why not? Do, did uh, it sounds to me like a producer decision where like, "Well, let's bring in the people who aren't as into your your, you know, your crazy subversive comedy with a little bit of music." I don't know. It seems like a weird producer decision that doesn't make sense.
1: Well, the thing to keep in mind too when The Smothers Brothers did it, mm. Mm-hmm. Folk music and banjo music and that stuff was big. Sure, that yeah. was a thing. Yeah, when Steve Martin did it, it <laughs> was not <laughs> a no. thing. No, um, except for hee haw. Um, so it's in, it's it's interesting in that in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, again, and it also underscores to me, getting back to this mother's brothers, that so many of their writers were also musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, Mason Williams. Being a you know the standout there, yeah. he he was actually you know got famous as a recording artist for a minute.
0: Yeah, he still um, does comedy music. I feel like I should point out he still like when I contacted him the first time to have him on the show, try and get him on the show. He just sent me a big old care package of just comedy CDs that he had made. It's pretty great. He still does it. Is it good stuff? Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, it is is kind of what you'd expect from a dude of that era to still be making.
1: But yeah, right. For a long time, I had gaslit myself into thinking that Martin Mull was a writer on that show too, and then uh-huh. I realized that he, he wasn't. He just fit the mold of those yeah. guys because of the comedy and the music and the the sensibility, for sure. Um, um, and you know, a lot of those guys were also writers for the Glenn Campbell,
0: yeah, 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 show, which apparently
1: was, I was it like a summer replacement. It show? was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, they just basically. I- I think it's just to keep everybody busy. Mm -hmm. And they did it with Sonny and Cher also. Mm -hmm. I think that the first Sonny and Cher series was just a summer replacement series. It was just a way to keep all the writers working year round while, you know, so this mother in in hiatus, they could still keep working.
0: I think uh, Tommy might have produced the Glenn Campbell show too to some degree. I feel like that was part of it. Yeah, Um, probably. What's so funny about him is I, I, I'm really curious as to like what the actual environment backstage was, because I interviewed co-interviewed, I should say with my buddy, Alan, um, the family of Lorenzo music. Cause Lorenzo oh. music also wrote, for he the was a writer on others. the show. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: uh, at one and, point, and he, a musician.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and a great one. Apparently he, the, the, the band he got together was him, the voice of Bullwinkle, and then just a bunch of other random people from Hollywood. And they'd play once a week at his house. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, at one That's point amazing. he played, uh, Tommy Smothers ping pong for his job. Cause Tommy Smothers was just that fucking weird. And like that may- maybe a control freak and maybe, I don't know. I'd love to get, I'd like to hear it from his mouth, but he had to play for his fucking job. And oh I was like, God. are you kidding me? And they're like, nope, nope. We were not happy about that. Like, yeah, I get it. I wouldn't be either. He obviously got to keep it, but holy shit. So is Tommy not cool to the writers? I don't know. I'm not sure. You hear horror
1: stories about, like, like the Jackie Gleason's of the world. That right. Shitty to the writer, or Joey Bishop.
0: But I've never heard anything outright bad about it. That's the closest no, I've ever heard of, of him maybe being a weirdo. And it could have been, maybe it was a gag that Lorenzo Music took too seriously. Who knows? Tommy, you're welcome on the show before it closes out in two months.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Tommy. Yeah. Uh Tommy Rebut. (laughs) Uh I'd love to know a little bit more. I call him
1: Tommy. Sure, of course. Um um, Oh God, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Well, and again, you're like, you know, even Rob Reiner, who I don't think of as a musician, but he did direct spinal tap. Spinal tap, tap. yeah. My brain immediately
0: goes there too, yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's a there's a there's a lot of kinship there of like the musical comedians and you know I'm sure a lot of comedians are if not musicians, frustrated musicians. Sure. I know a lot of editors are musicians. A lot of most of the people in Adult Swim are musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I kind of have been, but I'm certainly not now. Mm-hmm. Um, in what capacity? What capacity were you a musician? Oh, I used to play the trombone. What, really? In high school. That's amazing.
0: The most it's, seemingly it's, most complicated brass instrument. It's really to play. not that
1: amazing. Um, <laughs> it, it's not complicated, really. No. It, no. It, lo- it looks real complicated to me. You do have not this is not to brag on myself, but mm-hmm. you do have to have a good ear. Sure. Because you're const you're sort of tuning it on the fly. This
0: is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. why
1: it sounds crazy and complicated to me. Cuz yeah, if your if your hand is off a little bit, you yeah. going to it's not going to sound right. And everybody's hand is off a little bit because uh-huh. everybody's arm is the same length. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um Yeah. But I loved it, you know, and then you I stopped. I haven't touched a Pick trombone. it up again. Pick, pick up a trombone. I know, uh, I think, uh, I think my wife disagrees with you. <laughs> She's in and the my, middle of a, of a fucking... <laughs> she will disagree with you if I. If that She's ever talking
0: to a judge on, on, on Zoom and all of a sudden... <laughs> like, I mean,
1: that would be... <laughs> she will be talking to a judge for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. if I start playing the trombone in the house. <laughs> uh, I don't think my neighbors will be happy about it either, <laughs> or my pets. Sure. Oh yeah, I'd kill them.
0: Do you? Yeah. Uh, uh So, of these two records,
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you want to recommend more
1: one than the other? You want to recommend them both for different reasons? I can. I can recommend "Comedy's Not Pretty" all day long, every day. I've mm-hmm. been talking about it for decades. I yep. absolutely, really do love the album. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, <clears throat> you know, just because it is, maybe she, he's showing his, you know. Uh, fatigue for the industry. Sure, it doesn't make it any less funny. I mean, mm-hmm. his 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 notes on on fame are funny and and if you know and even sharp in a couple of spots. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I can absolutely recommend that album. I think it's fantastic. And truthfully, having just again listened to um, side A of Steve Martin Brothers, there's funny stuff in there. Yeah. I always thought the um, uh, what I believe was a really funny bit and that was the one he kind of took that's the one he kind of took onto Mm -hmm. tv like he did it he performed it as a monologue on snl i remember Mm. um and i think he may have even done it on the tonight show yeah um definitely snl because i remember it and i and, and and in fact it wasn't until later that i realized it was on the album i just thought it was just you know his bit that he wrote to be on SNL that oh, week. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. Um, and it may have started out, the, I don't know which came first. Um, but, you know, because he was on SNL two or three times a, a year, whether he had anything to, you know, it's not like he's on there because he's got a new record, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, although in this case, it, that may have been the case. Um, and God, 81 would have been, that was definitely passed after the original cast. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's probably into... We're in Episcopo territory, sure. (laughs) Uh, But um, you know that's a funny bit. Yeah, it's I've been quoting it for years. So you know, is it a
0: takeoff on anything specific? Because I know that there was an era of spoken word celebrity records, like John Wayne, "America, Why I Love Her," which is one of the fucking dumbest things I've ever heard. insane then there's one called why are you fighting son and it's from from a guy who's never served in the military and it's him just saying you know him always oh god it's one of the funniest dumbest (laughs) things ever and albert brooks did one of these too he also did like a like a very patriotic you can hear him standing in front of a flag kind of thing so i just feel like it's a takeoff on something specific that i don't have a point of
1: reference for but i roughly get the idea I, I don't know that he, like, I don't think there was anything at that moment, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, anybody at that exact cultural moment had done a, a record. I don't think it's a rebuttal record in any okay. way. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you want to be reminded of of America, what I believe, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I think, he, he you know... Uh, Again, he's behind an American flag on on even on these Smarmy cover. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. The, the pink suit Smarmy cover. He's in front of an American flag. Oh, you're right. So I think he's just, um, you know, it's the Reagan era. Uh huh. Maybe he's deciding. You know what? Let's. Uh, how did we get it? Where? How did we get here? Sure. And you know. So I, I think he's probably. I don't. Knowing him, if you ask him when you get him on, because I'm sure he's waiting to come sure. on right after me. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, yeah, if you ask him, you know, were you doing something? Maybe he was saying, "Yeah, I'm looking around and seeing, you know, all these stupid, you know, rah-rah America first, mm-hmm. re- Reaganomics, you know," and thinking, you know, now's the time to make that joke. Mm-hmm. To you know, it, you know, you know, you uh, know, the John Wayne record was long gone and John Wayne was fairly long gone at that point um, or a few years anyway. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm sure he probably was looking around the culture and saying, God, when, when are these records going to come out again? (laughs) And so then he made one Mm -hmm. um, because it is just terrible faux patriotism and, and, and spiritualism and whatever Mm -hmm. else. Um, um, Yeah. I think he's just tapping into our cultural memory of those kinds of records and performances and, yeah
0: that's you know. fair Yeah, like the
1: televangelist I don't think he's a, he, I don't think he's mocking any one of them I think he's just yeah. mocking that something that we all are seeing
0: mm-hmm.
2: you
1: know because they were everywhere <laughs> he
0: does at one point I will say this is a very written joke but he does say Reagan can make this country what it once was an arctic region covered with <laughs> ice which I really I liked quite a bit I thought that was pretty good like I yeah you know what? And well, there's maybe, good shit on here.
1: I don't remember him talking about that, but maybe that's another thing that kind of contributed to, to his sort of retiring his stage persona, mm-hmm. at least this version of it, because, you know, he is back on stage, but he's not doing yeah. that stuff, is that whole idea. I mean, in the 70s, in 1977, 78, you know, everything was so escapist in a lot of ways, yep. and maybe he was just, you know, it's kind of, a, he's running on the fumes of the 70s, but... By the '80s, things were getting so freaking weird, and yeah. you know, and 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 um, st- st- conservative, and stayed, and you know that that mm-hmm. that you know that may be also why he's like, yeah, I'm I'm out. This isn't. I can't do my thing anymore. It's
0: fair. Yeah,
1: you know. Um, <clears throat> hadn't thought about that before, but you know, I see 1981. I'm like, wow, we're that's a long way away from 1977.
0: Yeah, it really is. <laughs> a really good point yeah it's a crazy run in terms of records but it's a good run I, I i think this will at some point stand i don't know if any of his have been given to the library of congress yet or like committed to the library of congress yet but the four as a package are actually quite interesting and a fun experiment in what comedy albums can be and what the evolution of them can be in the shortest mm-hmm. time span i think i've ever seen a set of records like reflect a thing reflect a career
1: an idea yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you're right. Um and again, you know, we're talking about the banjo. The banjo's in there all along. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's always there. I mean, he's got a whole great bit in in let's get small with involving the banjo. Mhm. Um and you know it 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 was cool to me that he could do both things yeah. so well. Yeah. And then but then it's Funny that by the end he's just given over to <laughs> <laughs> he's just given up on the comedy and for the banjo mm-hmm. um, yeah it's very strange because this is he hasn't done another comedy album no and he's I, just done I,
0: I would love to know what it would have been if he'd decided to do it um, it
1: wouldn't you
0: know but
1: I, I could imagine know. maybe there being an album of his show with Martin short. I
0: think, you know what, I think that exists. I do think they have, at least, I think they may have, because the first, was it on Netflix? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Netflix Mm -hmm. has a propensity for releasing everything they do on vinyl now uh, and paying very little attention to the, I don't want to say that. But I I, I say that because they won't send me anything (laughs) for free. Uh, But, you know, I just feel like they just churn out. Vinyl uh, with less attention to detail, maybe than some of the more the the, the other labels that I tend to enjoy. Your, your gotcha. stand up records, your uh, special things, etc., etc. Right, right. right. Uh, those those are the ones who don't just <laughs> buy comedy catalogs and just release them uh, in on mass. Uh, they they have a plan. Um, so, but I think I feel sorry. I, you know, I have feelings and thoughts about these things. But I, I should <laughs> honestly, I should listen to that as a thing, like as a record, since I haven't watched the show yet. I think it might be interesting to listen to the record of.
1: Yeah, that. yeah. It you would. I, 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 would. I would listen to that. Um, I didn't know they had done that, so I'll, I'll track that down. Yeah, that I'm
0: almost happen. certain. Watch it turn out. I'm fucking wrong, but I swear I saw it at the record store uh, during when there was no pandemic. Uh, now I
1: never saw the the, the Netflix show.
0: <clears throat> okay um, you just saw the live thing yeah and that's I think great. it's the same thing
1: I mean I think it's the I mean mm-hmm. I'm sure they've added you know taken out some stuff and put in some new stuff but I think mm-hmm. in general it's the same show um, that's cool one. I don't know for sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah I should watch the Netflix thing and find out um, but um, so yeah no you're right it is a it's a I mean four albums in four years yeah basically it's crazy yeah this and is, and uh. Yeah. He goes from basically being like this I mean he was already even the first album he he was sort of known already. Yeah. Um he I know I mean he'd already been on SNL and I feel like I had already seen him on the Tonight Show even by that mm-hmm. time. But I mean when my brother got that album I knew a lot of that stuff already. I had seen him on TV enough. Oh sure. Yeah. Um um to know him. So I you know, you know, we just listened to it. Constantly, And, of course, there's stuff on the album that he didn't do on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you go from this kind of like, you've seen him on TV, now here's the record, to mm-hmm. you've seen him every waking moment of your life for the last year, now mm-hmm. here's another record. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was huge. <laughs> Just huge. Yeah. And then, yeah, then then, then Comedy's Not Pretty he always does feel like this sort of like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to do another one now. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Back to small venues, mm-hmm. um, um, and but it's it's really funny stuff. I think it's really good stuff, and there's yeah. really funny stuff on on Steve Martin brothers. I there's one bit, I mean, it maybe is a second or second or third cut in that really, I mean, I was guffawing when I heard it. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that is really, really, really funny. <laughs> but I think I find that his asides and his like his kind of um, not so much the setups and the, the the jokes are as funny as just his little things that he kind of follows up with that I sure. find the most funny and the, the 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 weird. Whereas the other the first two albums, the setups are funny. The whole everything is sure, funny, sure. you know. And this one, I feel like the the uh, Steve Martin brothers, at least that the 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 comedy part that you're listening to the setups and the punchlines feels, they're funny, they're uh-huh. humorous, but they're not going to, they're not surprising enough to make me laugh out loud. I get that. Yeah. And then every now and then, but then he'll throw in something at the end or, uh, you know, that, that may have been just, you know, off the top of his head. That's what will make me laugh. Yeah. Um, so I do think that maybe by the time you get to Steve Martin brothers, it all feels a little, familiar sure even if you haven't heard it right you've heard it <laughs> <laughs> um whereas i think comedy's not pretty does it, it, it there's still some originality there
0: yeah well you know? he, he'd obviously run out of steam a little if he was going to have somebody write co-write with him it just doesn't it's not the same thing it's different yes yeah. it's hard to write in the exact same voice as somebody else uh, and and write in a way to make them sound natural, even if you've heard all their
1: records, I feel like. It's got to be a challenge. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting about Jack Handy, because yeah. it does just seem like he just was like, well, you kind of do the same sort of thing I do. Just write me some stuff, because I've got to do another record here. Right, right. That, I mean, now that you say that, that makes Steve Martin Brothers just seem like a complete contractual obligation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it'd be interesting to find out i didn't look it up or google it or anything like that or, yeah i didn't you know, see like,
0: anything making it
1: it overt
0: as to why it was made but yeah i mean yeah, that that's a it's a that's a fair assessment of it um that's really funny ned i want to yes. thank you for sitting and talking with me about both of these records because this has been fun it's um, been great for me
1: i appreciate it i've been you know like everybody else, I'm sure you talk to the first thing off their head is, "I want to do a Steve Martin album." Yep, every time. So it's nice to finally get a chance to to, 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 to take a whack at Steve Martin because mm-hmm. uh, he really, man, he was my guy.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, that's fair. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm glad we finally covered one we haven't covered before. Like right yeah, that's right great. towards the end, we finally we finally got that last one in. I don't there think there's go. too many records or too many artists where we've covered their whole discography. So that's 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 something to be. Um, you know, to, to celebrate, is what I there say. There you go. Cool. Well, do thank you, man. You, do you have anything to promote, keeping in mind this won't come out for like six weeks or something? It's going to be a while. Um,
1: nothing I do is that super time-sensitive. So the thing that I'm working on now is the new Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie mm-hmm. that will be... I, I don't... I mean, it's we're way, we're way off for, for it to come out. Sure. I, 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 I don't even know what the dates are, for, but I i know it's 2022 okay um and i it's gonna have it's not gonna be in theaters like the first one Mm -hmm. but it's so it's gonna it's gonna have a you know pay-per-view life and then eventually will wind its way to um hbo max Mm -hmm. um but it's great it's really funny i'm really excited about how funny it is um so that's my that's what i'm doing now Awesome. Um, and then um, I'm gonna jump on to a new show that I don't think I'm at liberty to talk about. Fair enough. Um, it, it, I, I'm not gonna even chance it, but it's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that too. It's nice to have a new show to, 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 to work on and and mm-hmm. and, put, and push push off the uh, off the dock and see yeah, what happens. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Adult Swim still going strong. We hit our 20th anniversary next week.
0: Holy shit, really?
1: Yeah, we, we we aired actually this week. We 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 aired our first episodes aired the week before
0: 9-11 Oh wow! Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay.
1: Or yeah, I that's think crazy. that's right. The Sunday, like nine eleven was a Tuesday, I guess, and uh-huh. I think the Sunday before that was our second
0: week. That's nuts.
1: Yeah. So Teen Hunger Force did not air the first night of Adult Swim. It aired the second Sunday of Adult Swim because it was okay. our season that, yeah, that season was split between Space Coast Coast to Coast and, and Aquatine. So Space yeah, Coast yeah. aired the first night of Adult Swim and the next Sunday Aquatine made its Adult Swim debut. But anyway, so yeah, <laughs> 20 years.
0: I don't know if you're a drinker, Ned, but have you had the Minky Boodle beer? Because I really want to try it. There's a What is it's got Space Ghost on it, and it's called Minky Boodle. No, I don't know if it's officially licensed. Maybe I'm blowing up somebody's spot, but it sounds great. It looks good. The beer Minky looks good. Boodle. Minky Boodle. I'm writing yep. that down. Minky All Boodle. Right. Uh, <laughs> God, it, that that uh, the second I, it's weird. The little things that can be said that I then hear in his voice. Or Minky Boodle. It's yeah,
1: yeah. so fucking
0: great. Damn it, George. The weird I memories it. that I, I, I have of that show. I mean I and I was not a kid by the way who got high or anything. I didn't need it really to get yeah, high. I, I just I was just like, This is too much. This is beautiful. This is <laughs> it is sublimely fucked and I love it you, so much. You should get George Lowe on the show. Oh my god. Do you think I could? I guess is the question. I think you could. All right. I mean I think you could. It'd be worth it. It'd be
1: worth it because he's tomorrow. gonna, gonna want to talk about first family probably, but
0: uh, yeah of course yeah of a certain era that is kind of all like you can judge like when people for or if i talk to people who are in their 80s it's always spike jones it's all because that was the first shit they listened to um right that makes yeah. sense yeah speaking of oh actually i think i literally have a spike jones interview later today i forgot yeah 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 I'm talking with awesome. a guy about spike i talked with spike jones jr a couple weeks ago and uh, that was fucking amazing and then yeah i don't know the, the way we're wrapping the show up is very weird and all over the place, and I'm loving it. Um, yeah, it's great. I don't That's know. Great. This is fun. Um, thank you again for doing the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. You can email us at podcast at comedyonvinyl.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Comedy on Vinyl on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts Stolen Dress Entertainment.
2: Hey, it's my turn.